0: This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code SPEAKING. Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on BitChute and YouTube as Speaking Podcast. I also have the Awakening Podcast, the Meditation Podcast, the Learn Polish Podcast, and the Crypto Podcast, and all can be found. No, I call Today, my guest, the founder of Givers University, please welcome, I don't want to do it, I have to do it, Justice E.A.
1: Sukovic. You nailed it. That's perfect. In fact, if I ever forget how to say it, do you mind if I call you and ask you? <laughs> so that's it solkovits is the key yeah the the first the the, the fact that it starts with the c throws everyone off and uh i just thought i would ignore the c and you're and usually they're pretty good with that at that point but thank you for having me on your great podcast roy
0: no thanks for coming on so i always like you might let the audience know who's a yeah
1: thank you um well i i i like that sort of if I can, but answering that question, sort tell a little story about where I came from and uh, and how I eventually evolved into public speaking and how it sort of came about you know from a career standpoint and the blessings I had. and a lot of it had to do with my mentor and and how I met him. and uh, it, it's sort of interesting. So may I share those couple oh, stories? of with course, him? yes, yeah. great. I was born in Chicago. I live in Michigan now, but uh, in, in you know, back, uh, I'm 65 years old. So this was quite a few years ago in uh, 1956. And uh, my father was a milkman. And back then, milk came in glass gallons. Uh, and there was a box outside the house, every all the houses. And those, that was a milkman box, right? And you know, the amazing thing, Roy, is that there was money in the box and no one ever touched it. No one ever touched him. not one single time did anyone ever touch the milkman money. It was nice. different different times, right? <clears throat> and uh, so my it was very humble background. You know, I mean, my dad's a milkman. Uh, you know, he had his own route uh, for a company called Twin Oaks Dairy, and I think that was sort of my first touch with not working a job. You know and I mean, because since he had his own route, he had to get up in the morning. And no one was telling him to do it you know he didn't have to go punch in somewhere he had to get up and go to work and i remember him saying so many times to us because at five years old i would help him out on the route you know and he tried not to have me with too much because usually uh there was some glass on the ground somewhere you know when i was helping him deliver milk and but uh he he i remember him saying over and over again well if we get done earlier we're done earlier you know and uh so that and i and i that was really my first sort of touch with, but it was still very humble. I mean, you know, how much does a milkman make You know, delivering milk? But, uh, and then at 16 years old, and all this is leading up to how I met my mentor. When I was 16 years old, I took my first big step, Roy, into success and I became a janitor. Uh, now I didn't mind doing that because business was always picking up. What? Anyway, so, the, uh, so, so at the ripe old age of 16, I had two real interesting events that were really sort of life changing while I was a janitor. And uh, I mean, you think, you know, a janitor. What, I mean, what's a janitor do, right? And at 16 years old, I was able to be bonded, which means insured. So if my if I was in an expensive place, had expensive equipment, if my buffer went crazy and some machine got broken, the insurance company would pay for it, right? So I was bonded. That also allowed me, because I was bonded, to be in a couple of very expensive homes and clean these homes. And one of them was a lady by the name of June Martino. And uh, I, I lived in the Oak Brook area in Illinois, suburb of Chicago. And so I, and, and and the name may not mean anything to you or your listeners, unless you've seen a movie that was out fairly recently, still available on streaming and probably will be for a long time. The name of the movie is called The Founder. And it's with Michael Keaton who plays Ray Kroc about the McDonald's story, right? Uh, and I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but in the movie oh have you okay all right then you're gonna catch a few of the things I say in the movie michael keaton who plays ray Croc, which by the way the movie was very hollywoodized and drama you know i mean hollywood spin it i witnessed the whole mcdonald's phenomenon i lived in oakbrook where the world headquarters was so i you know i was there personally through the whole phenomenon and uh so out in the movie uh, ray crock michael keaton is always talking to a lady outside his office june this june that june he starts talking to june right that's the lady whose house i cleaned that's june martino right so so here i was every wednesday in june martino's house cleaning it and, and at that point you know i'm 16 years old mcdonald's have been around it was already a phenomenon and she was already an icon and the world headquarters for mcdonald's was in oakbrook illinois right where i live so And I was there for decades. It's since moved, but for years, decades and decades, it was there. So everyone knew who June Martino was. And here I am every Wednesday. And the thing that was amazing to me, Roy, was that I, up to that point, I had always thought to be rich and successful and to be able to communicate with people, you had to be almost like a jerk and a little bit egomaniac and a little bit me-only oriented and, and that kind of... And she was so the opposite. It wasn't even funny. It was extraordinary how nice, approachable, never, she had maids and butlers full-time. I was there to do the floors because I had special buffing pads and stuff and to clean the swimming pool in the garage. Loved cleaning the garage, by the way, because I could pull out the Rolls Royce, which at that point, you know, that was a car worth 10 lifetimes of my income, right? So (laughs) I'm in a, I'm driving a Rolls Royce, Roy. And at that point in my life, my car was a Rolls Canardly, you know, rolls down one hill, can hardly make it up the next. So that was, <laughs> I was driving a Rolls Canardly. So this was this incredible, you know, huge, incredible car. But here I am thinking, you know what? She she's not like a superhero. She's not like an alien or she doesn't have these special powers. She actually is just a really, really nice lady. And she's very she even said hi to me a lot of times because I was in there every Wednesday. She knew who I was. And if I my head was down because I was buffing looking at the floor, she would say hi to me walking through, even though I hadn't seen her yet, you know, because I didn't look up, that kind of thing. Very approachable. And that was astonishing to me that people could be successful and be happy. And I thought, man, that's really something. And I was astonished by this whole event. Plus that people really live this way. I mean, here, you know, this is in, I'm a milkman's son, right? And a janitor, right? My fun time of the day is getting free songs on a jukebox and a, you know, two in the morning and cleaning a bowling alley, right? So here I am in this amazing, spectacular mansion and everything. And I clean the homes for her sons too. And uh, so one day she was in an extra good mood. I thought, this is it. So I mustered up all the courage. One of the first thing a speaker has to have is courage. One of the first, and, and I mustered up all the courage that a snot-nosed sixteen-year-old could, because I'm going to go up and ask June Martino a question. The icon, June Martino. This is her. So I went up to her, and I, I'm like almost shaking in my boots. And 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 I I said hi, June. She goes hi. I mean, just really approachable. It was astonishing to me. And I said, uh, can I ask you a question? She said, uh, what? And I said, could you tell me about it? And she said, well, what? I said well the whole mcdonald's thing i'm not kidding roy she put her arm around me brought me in the kitchen because i'd asked her in the morning and the entire day told me the entire story step by step from where she worked for ray and if you remember in the movie she worked for ray when he was a milkshake mixer salesman she was already working for him right before he met the brothers right uh and and that's why he met the brothers because they put in this order for this they were going through all these cups in the shake machine so tells me the whole story all the way up to the point we're sitting in the kitchen and everything in between and it was and i'm thinking man who's she talking to she's taking all this time and she's and she's having the maids and butlers bringing us food in the kitchen just telling this little kid me this whole story right and she's mentioned and you'll remember this in the movie there was a time in the movie where june goes to ray goes to ray crock and says We didn't have any money. They were getting like less than 2% royalty on the franchises. And she said, we're out of money. There's no money left. And that perpetuates Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc, calling the brothers. And they have this drama scene. He says, I need more percentage. I need more percentage. He hangs the phone down, right? That actually did happen. She told me that story decades, way before the movie was out. A little bit different, obviously, but it was based on true events. And so she told me, she said, we didn't have any money. So we agreed that Ray wouldn't pay me any money. And he would give me worthless, worth less than zero, company stock. And he would take the phone, call, phone calls from my bill collectors so they wouldn't hound me on the phone. So I just asked her a simple question. I said, June, I'm a janitor. I this paycheck to paycheck. I get paid on Friday. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. I need my paycheck. Why did you do it? Roy, she sat back in her chair and did this eye lock on me and totally left the room. She, I could tell she was no longer in the room, even though she's staring right at me. And, I, and I, could, I realized I had asked her a question no one asked her before. She had always, you know, everyone was wanting to know what happened with McDonald's. You know, what happened? What happened? No one ever asked her why. So I just asked her, why did you work for nothing? You weren't getting any money. I wouldn't do that. You know, why, why'd you do it? And when she spoke, I remember as though it was yesterday because it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Not only what she said, but the way she said it. And my response right after, in my own head, what my response was. When I asked her, I said, June, why'd you do it? Why'd you work for nothing? No pay. Her answer to me was, because I believed in Ray. And it made the hair stand up the way she said it really gave me pause and my first thought Roy my first thought was that's it that's what I need I need my Ray Kroc I need someone to bring me under their wing like Ray did for June and it certainly didn't work out too bad for her and I don't as a janitor I don't even know what I need to know I don't even I don't even know what I don't know I just know I don't know it and I need a mentor I need someone to teach me that can take me every step of the way and so I, so I just put it out there, where's my Ray Kroc? Little did I know, Roy, that I inadvertently, ignorance in a puritanical sense, had asked the right question. And later on, my business mentor taught me, don't worry about the answers. He said, everyone tries to find the answer to something. He says, it's wrong. Don't think about the answers. Ask the right questions. Focus on the right, he says, the answers are always there. They always will be, they always are, they're always there. He said, people always look at the answers and they should be looking at the questions. They're asking the wrong questions and they're always getting the wrong answers. And then they're surprised when they get the wrong answer because they asked the wrong question. So inadvertently, Roy, I threw out the right question, not even knowing I did it, right? And I didn't even know what mentor was, let well, alone spell it, because I think I'd spent all my hooked on phonics money when, you know, I got that money way back when. So the uh, so here I am, about three months later, at the same janitorial service. And I'm talking with the owner of the company, and we were friends of the family, and it's only him and I. It's at night, and I had already punched out, you know, and I'm exhausted. I've been cleaning all day. I'm just sitting around and talking with him. Phone rings. A couple minutes later, he hangs up the phone, he said, Oh, well, some guy just called from Detroit. He's opening a diamond store and uh, he needs to see some carpeting because they're redoing this whole, building this whole store out. And, uh, you know, he's leaving tomorrow on a plane back to Detroit, so he needs to see it tonight. And I said, "Uh, okay, what's that got to do with me? He said, I need you to go. I said, I'm not going. What are you talking about? I'm tired. So first time I said no. We're going to count them. How many times I said no. And opportunities knocking on my front door and I'm refusing to answer it. Right. So, so I said, I'm not going. I'm Jerry, I'm tired. I've been cleaning all day. I'm not going. He said, No, he needs to see the carpeting. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. Second time. I don't know anything about carpeting. You know, I just clean carpet and I just, you know, I can shampoo it and stuff, but I don't know how to sell it or measure it or anything. He said, I'll give you one of these wheels and you walk this way and this way in the room and call me on the phone and I'll give you the price. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. I forget it. I, I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm tired. You, you, you need to do it. He said, I have to stay here. You have to go. He said, I'll tell you what, if you go, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday off you want. Now for Roy, for a janitor, that's a huge negotiation chip because, <laughs> you know, we clean when businesses are closed, right? So Saturday morning to night, what do we do? We're cleaning, right? So so I repeated it back. I want to make sure I wasn't being tricked or my ears tricked me or something. So I said, any Saturday I went off. And he said, any Saturday. And I said, "Jeez, oh, Okay. So now setting the stage. Begrudgingly. I've said no three times. I'm tired. Working all day cleaning. Mentally, I don't want to go. I'm fatigued. I don't, I'm not doing this as a favor for my boss. I don't care about this guy from Detroit. Detroit, seriously? You know, I mean, I'm, I, I all these things going through my head. Every reason not to go. And little do I know, I'm getting ready to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever, my Ray Kroc. And I'm doing everything not to meet him, and but I'm getting the answer. The answer is, Where's my Ray Crock? and here he is out of nowhere, right? So, so it seems so. I meet this guy, and Roy, have you ever had someone that when you met them, your comfort level was so high you felt like you almost knew them already or knew yeah. them before? You've ever yeah. had that yeah. same kind of feeling? I mean, I was just thought, Man, this is really something. This, I, I could talk. A, the carpeting was a no sale. There was no go there because he went at some real nice plush stuff for a diamond store. And we just had commercial grade for like in an office, that kind of thing. But for two hours, we talked about anything and everything. So I'm leaving. I'm packing up the car and uh, just really enjoy the conversation with him. And he offers me a job. I say no again. I said, no, nah, I'm a janitor. I'm, I'm all set. And I said, I don't know anything about diamonds. He's, he said, "Well, I'll teach you. And I said, hey, I don't know anything about diamonds. All I know is they're expensive. And someday a woman's going to ask me for one. That's all I know about diamonds. And he said, he said, I'll teach you. And I said, no, no, I'm all set. This is the fifth time I've said no now. And uh, as I'm walking out the door, he hooked me. My mentor hooked me. He knew. And he really, little. I didn't know at that point where I was talking to a genuine genius, not not the IQ baloney genius, I mean, a real genius of people where he can ask someone three questions and you feel like he knows their whole life story already. I'll just beg him and get them and get it right. That kind of person, right? Human engineering genius. So he knew what he was about ready to say was gonna grind me and he was right. As I walked out the door, he said, what do you have to lose? You can always go back being a janitor. And I thought, "Oh no, I'm all set. And I left. Now. It's almost midnight. This whole thing's happening at night, so I'm driving, and I'm driving. It's grinding me. Man, he's right. Yeah, I mean, I can always could be a janitor. People make messes. I can always clean it up. I can get a job anywhere, right? So I, what's what's he mean by what's halfway home? I said that's it. I'm gonna find out exactly what he meant. So I turned the car around. I thought, well, he's already. It's almost midnight. He's probably already gone. He's leaving back to Detroit in the morning. He's probably left the office already. He's still there. So he starts. So he's there. Offers me a job One things leads to another. And for the next four months, I get in the car. At four in the morning, Friday night, Saturday morning. Drive to Detroit exactly 301 miles. Spend six hours with them and drive all the way back to Chicago all in the same day. And I do that every single weekend for four months in a row and I never miss a weekend. Because I needed to learn. And I knew, and I recognized, I didn't know what I, what I needed to know and that he knew it. So I share with your listeners, number one, if you're going to get in a public speaking career and learn about public speaking, team up and ask someone who's a public speaker, who has a certain amount of success behind them, have them critique you, Have them mentor you as an individual and look at the things you're doing that could help with your ability to tell a good story, your ability to modulate your voice, your ability to use a pause effectively when you want to. Get a mentor to teach you if you, in fact, want to become a great public speaker and to be able, and and also it'll help communication skills. My mentor, I was very blessed, had those skills. So he taught me and he critiqued me and he taught me how to say things in a certain way and how it is true, you win or lose with the words you choose. And he taught me to choose my words and to then how to use those words to my advantage. And and what I'm about ready to say to you is not braggadoce, but to share that those things work. In 1991, um, the who's who in public speaking contacted me and said they wanted me to to list me as who's who in public speaking because of just for nothing more than getting out there. So as a part of public speaking, a couple of things I can share with your listeners. Number one, get that courage I mentioned. Number two, get a good mentor that can critique you and have them critique every word that comes out of your mouth and how you deliver it so that you can learn and then start to emulate and model those who you see are great. I was blessed one time to share the stage with a gentleman. I don't know if you're familiar with the name. He's passed on for many years now. His name was Cabot Roberts. And uh, he he actually, uh, it was around the Zig Ziglar time period, if you will. Yeah, because I, I had
0: read the truth being on the same time as Zig Ziglar as well. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly right. And I shared the stage with Zig a number of times and also with Cabot. And Cabot, I loved him. And I'll just sort of do a quick little thing for you because I I love this guy. And he and he and here he is in his 80s you know, and he's up there on stage, public speaking and just and bringing the audience to their knees laughing so hard. And I'll never forget one story, Roy. And he got up there. And he had this way of delivering his message. And it wasn't by accident, but he was so good. He made it look like it was an accident, right? Like he was just that way. And he said, I was on a dream the other day. And I was standing next to a man. And that man asked me, how old are you? And I said, I'm 84 years old. And he said to me, I'd never wanna be 84. And I turned and looked at him and said, that's because you're not 83. (laughs) And, And I had, and, 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 the joke wasn't as spectacular as his delivery, you know? And it was just, you ha- I mean, the room was howling. They were laughing so hard at this guy's perfect delivery with what I just said and didn't even do it 5% justice. Right. But watch those people and learn those people and learn how and, and learn the joy. And one of the other things my business mentor shared with me in public speaking, he said, you want to learn how to tell a good story? He said, here's the way you do it. He said, think about having a cup of coffee with a friend. And seeing something you've never ever seen before that is so spectacular. And you're sitting in a coffee shop, having a cup of coffee, your friends right across from you. How would you tell them about it? What would you say? How would you convey and transfer your feeling to the person you're talking to your friend, they're your friend. And wouldn't, he said, wouldn't, you wouldn't leave out the details, would you? He said, you'd say every bit of it. And he said, and, and if it was something you'd never seen before that was so incredible, he said, they probably, as your friend, would get that transference of feeling from you. He said, so just picture yourself having a cup of coffee with a friend, telling them about something so wild and crazy that you've never seen before. You have to tell them every detail about it. And he said, and there's your audience. And he said, and just convey that story. And so those little kinds of things can go so far, you know. A, a great messages, great tips on what we can do and, and help each help each other as we move along. And 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 one of the things we do, you know, at, at Givers University is we love to be able to share with other people. And and when we teach some things, really that aren't taught anywhere else. And 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 these are things that were kind of brought to me because of my business mentor. Um, the finishing up of that story, by the way, um, when I was nineteen years old. I asked my mentor if he would teach me everything. I said, Sam, his name was Sam Robbins. I said, Sam, will you teach me everything? I mean, all of it. I don't hold back. I want to know everything. And he said, okay, but I want one thing from you. I want to let you know, Roy, whatever came out of his mouth next, I was saying yes. (laughs) I I was in total 100% yes mode right there, right? And uh, he said, this is what I want from you. When the time is right, and you will know that time. I want you to teach as many other people as possible. Everything that I taught you. So at 19 years old, Roy, I made an oath. I made a vow. I made a commitment to my business mentor. And that today has manifested as what we know now is givers University and that's and, and the things that we teach there. So that's how i met my mentor and i share a couple key points with those that you know as listeners that want to get involved with public speaking have the courage find a mentor have them critique you work closely with them make sure that you have a mentor that's done it not someone that you know is an educated mentor because i have to tell you i've met a lot of educated idiots in my life you know i and i say educated idiots they have all the book knowledge and all no accomplishment no background themselves right and 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 so you want to have someone that i'll take wisdom over education any day of the book any day of the week because wisdom knows what to do and when to do it education just means they read it and learned it doesn't mean they know how to apply it and uh so you know get the right kind of mentor and then practice the skill it's like any other skill it can be learned there's no such thing as a born speaker just like to become a surgeon it takes years and years and years no one has ever born and say you know they're a surgeon they may have certain skill sets that allow them to be pointed in that direction and and uh, and, and certain abilities but they had to learn the skill no matter what and everyone can learn to be a great public speaker and everyone can learn to effectively communicate the points that they want to and and build up that eventual intuition where you can see by looking at someone whether you're hitting the right notes for them to be able to respond and, and be a part of what you're able to share with them. And that just happens over time, getting out there, being willing to talk in front of one person or a hundred and everything in between. And, uh, and and I'll share with you, public speaking is gonna will have an impact automatically on everyone's income because it increases our ability to be able to effectively communicate with confidence. Did you ever
0: get to speak to that lady afterwards and let her know what she actually did to change her life just by that conversation that you had with her?
1: That's a great question. I never did. Um you know I mean you know I cleaned her house and and I, and it wasn't it wasn't much longer after that. Uh you know it was only a matter of months and I met my business mentor and then he offered me the job. So I didn't clean her house that many more times really you know it was only a matter of months and then that was the end of it. But I, and and she has since passed on and uh, I, I can only, you know, but I, I can share with you that I think Roy. She must have felt that I really genuinely wanted to know, and I wasn't just asking a question to try to get close to June Martino. You know, I mean, she she must no, have def- felt she what, wouldn't
0: she wouldn't have given you the time because you only do would- that. To people that you genuinely know that they care and they're really interested, instead of somebody that's trying to grab something. So, a hundred percent, she definitely, you know, no. realized that you were genuine when you were asking that.
1: And that's another point with public speakers, right? Uh, don't be interesting, be interested. And uh, and and with June, she, I think, she knew that I was genuinely hungry to hear the story. Plus I had lived it. I, you know, the first McDonald's franchise in Des I'd driven by it, I don't know, hundreds of times. I watched that thing go when they were counting hamburgers. I watched when it hit a million the first time, you know, and I thought a million hamburgers, wow, that's crazy. You know, and, uh, you know, now look at it, right? What a behemoth, but, uh, and, and so I think she sensed that I really did have, you know, that hunger and that thirst uh, and and I think with my business mentor, he felt that too. But also, by the way, he wasn't say, he didn't think twice about testing me. He put me up to driving every weekend to see if I would.
0: And I don't yeah. think people realize you said three hundred miles. I mean, how many hours was that? One way.
1: How yeah, many was, how, how, how six how many? one way, six back.
0: You know, twelve hours every weekend for four months. You said, "Is it four months?" Was
1: it? Never missed a weekend. And wow. And 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 what was interesting was the the six hours up there, three hundred one miles. I you know I remember the exact miles, right? The, I, I, all these years later, right? Uh, I'm sixty five now, and I you know and then back then I was in my teens, late teens. So and and but I remember for the whole time up there, I would think of all the questions I was going to ask him. Cause I was just thirsty. I I was just thirsty for and hungry for the anything he could teach me. And then the six hours with him, he must have felt. I I mean, I had to exhaust him. Cause I just it had to be like boom, 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 boom with all my questions. You know, the whole time I'm just hitting him with question after question, anything from everywhere, right? And then the six hours back, I pondered every one of his answers. And so actually, that was a spectacular. And I didn't even know what self-improvement was back then, you know, and uh, but I, I and again, I was inadvertently, because of that thirst and hunger, inadvertently learning and wanting to learn, and 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 I had it backwards, right? I really did. You know, I mean, at, at, in my teens, you know, it's all about you know I wanted to be rich and happy, not realizing I had it backwards. We're supposed to be happy and then rich, right? But in your teens, it's all about the money. You know, I'm mean, like you know the money, and you know, I gotta make the money, and uh, so. It was a great experience, and I was so blessed. And I can tell you, I feel today he's still looking on, you know, and making sure that I'm fulfilling my oath and my commitment that I made at 19 years old, that I would pass on all that information in a very heartfelt way. And, and I can share with you that some of the things that I, I'm blessed to touch on with people, I can tell there are things not being mentioned today, and that's a blessing for me because I I, I can share things that, Maybe they're not hearing anywhere else, and maybe something that'll provoke their thought in their mind that will say, "You know what? If he can do it, and he's a son of a milkman, burnt-out janitor, maybe I could do it too. If I, and and I just need to listen to those few things: courage, mentor. You know, be critiqued, Don't don't be afraid. Don't don't be feel like I have to be right. There's no shame in being wrong. You know, and uh, and and saying I don't know, and I want to learn. You know, in fact, usually I find people will have a lot of respect for someone that says, you know, I really don't know that, but I sure love to learn about it. And 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 a successful person, usually, when someone responds in that way, will be the first one to say, here, let me teach you how that works, because they know they want to share it. And uh, so, great blessings, great blessings, right?
0: Excellent. And
1: I see you were a, a
0: radio host for two years as well.
1: Yes, uh, I had some
0: speakers want to do that. So you might tell us some of the tips and tricks that you did on that.
1: For sure. Well, I I wanted to do trainings and I realized that presidents of companies sent their employees to trainings, but they didn't go, you know, because they're like the president of the CEO, right? So I took the other extreme and started doing trainings for only presidents of companies. And so, I, over the course of two years, I interviewed, and it was I was very blessed to do this. I was, uh, and I had a radio show. It was on five nights a week, an hour each night. First year was live. Second year, we put it in the can and added commercials, et cetera. And I interviewed over one thousand millionaires in two years. And I, and one of the one of the best parts for Roy, was I could ask them questions. I had a secondary agenda. I could ask them questions off the air that I really wanted to know how about that How about this how about that? And there were some very interesting commonalities um, and and th- th- first of all th- before I digress on that and, and so what I did was I met them through by virtue of the interview and then invited them to a weekend boot camp that was just for presidents of companies. and it was uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. This is in 1991. So we're talking quite a few years ago, 1991, $5,000 a person limited to 50 presidents per month. And let me tell you, a room of 50 presidents, a company is an action packed room. And I taught them over the Friday, Saturday and Sunday, 400 separate ways to build their businesses and that was the, and also wove together a lot of relationships from people they never would have met, because these guys are working, they don't have time to go out and meet people. And this was a, so it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just for presidents of companies, you had to be a millionaire to be in the room, you had to be a president of the company to be in the room, etc. And so it was a great experience. And, and after two years, I realized, Roy, you know, there was no internet back then, you know, I mean, you know, there was and you know, I, I was still being, I was still astonished by this thing called a fax machine, <laughs> you know, so, you know, the, I remember staring at that fax machine and, uh, and and staring at it, how did I ever live without that, you know, <laughs> look at it now, it's like a, it's a piece of, you know, a piece of Tyrannosaurus Rex or something, right, but uh, so it shows you how things change so fast, what, a, what an amazing world. So uh, so I met these presidents of companies and, um, and with the radio show, it was a 20-minute interview and it was a great way to meet, you know, really successful people to say the least. And as a part of this, it was extraordinary because not only did I learn and meet some great people, but I learned really valuable insights. And some of those insights, Roy, were all of them, all of them had a story where everything in their life told them to stop and not go one more step everyone had that story there was no exception not one not one exception they all had that time where everything every every partner family everyone they knew finances every everything had told them do not go any further throw in the towel some of them Not even knowing each other, you know, different time periods, even used the same words with the following phrase. It was sort of interesting and and almost very almost humorous. They said, You know, I actually took the next step just to see what else could go wrong because I was curious. Did I miss anything? And 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 I mean these are different people in different backgrounds, different industries saying the same thing that they 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 had that extra step where there was nothing left. And they just took the extra step out of nothing more than almost morbid fascination and curiosity to see if there was anything else going on. And they all said the next thing happened. When they took that next step, it was weird how things started to come together almost seemingly effortlessly, like, like temporary defeat had exited their life and went to try to goof up someone else's life and no longer just realized their lost cause or not gonna be able to screw them up. And they said it was amazing. And and these are different These are different people, different backgrounds, different time periods when I talk with them, didn't even know each other, saying the exact same thing. So there's lessons there. There's lessons for when we want to go down a path and there's that time period. And one of the things my business mentor, God bless him, shared with me was every adversity, not some, not a few, not certain ones, every adversity in life carries with it the seed of an equal or a greater benefit. And it's up to us to move aside the leaves and find that seed and he said and when we really begin to understand he said you'll get rid of the word failure and you'll never use it again because failure has too much of an eternal ring it sounds too eternal he said supplant failure with the words temporary defeat his number one is temporary number two is just a defeat he says it's the first down you've been tackled He said, you've been tackled, you're on the field. He said, but when you stand up, you're going to realize you've got a first down. You're still in the game. He said, when you use failure, you're throwing yourself out of the game. Don't throw yourself out of the game. He said, make it a temporary defeat. And he said, and when we really understand, when wisdom begins to enter into our life and unveils itself, the next thing I'm going to say, Roy, is going to bake some noodles of your listeners. When we really understand what temporary defeat means, we will actually begin to welcome and embrace it because we will know the seeds are in there that will t- bring us to the next level. That's where the seeds are. The seeds are hidden in the defeats, they're not hidden in the things that are working great and perfectly. And so, And and so I began to learn about temporary defeat and what that does, Roy, each one of us as individuals and those heading out on a public speaking career or want to start their own radio show or something, expect temporary defeat, expect it, welcome it, embrace it, find the seed and go on. And you're going to turn around and you're going to say, well, you know what, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. Now I'm better off because of that, 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 and you're going to connect the dots and you're going to see exactly the way it works. So that was a blessed time period for those two years. And, uh, you know, now it's great because, you know, I was talking with someone this morning, I had a podcast with interview with someone in Germany. You know, and here I'm talking to you in Canada. And this afternoon, I'll be talking to someone else in the USA. That would have taken me three weeks to do that. <laughs> that I,
0: I, I'm in Poland. So you're actually gone from Germany over to Poland. To border. Oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> For
1: some reason I was thinking you're in Canada. Okay, Poland.
0: And did you get a chance to actually, uh, like, I mean, because that's a lot of wisdom from all these, uh, you know, millionaire companies. Yes. Did you ever, like one, do you have to still re- the recordings? And did you ever think of writing a book maybe on that or also on what your, um, your mentor shared with you?
1: The answer is exactly yes. In fact, I wrote three books and uh, three books were based on basically each one of them came about as a result of temporary defeat in my life. Each temporary defeat got worse and worse, or I should say greater and greater, not worse and worse. It's incorrect. Uh, and, uh, and and I wrote a book to make sure my butt wasn't in that place again. And, uh, and this whole series of three books is called Give to Be Great. That's the name of the whole series, that we can become great by being a giver and not a taker and and how to do that and how to discern the differences and distinctions. And so the first book is called The Giver's Mindset, how a giver thinks differently than a taker. Second is The Giver's Lifestyle, uh, the 30 Habits of Givers and the 30 Habits of Takers. We uh, explore all 60 habits and teach people these, what to look for. And then the last is called The uh, Giver's Lifelong Learning. And that's the, we identify the six prisons Six virtual prisons that people walk around in that they don't even realize they're in these prisons. So, the answer to your question is all the things from my mentor and all the things from those thousand millionaires are in those three books 1,209 pages. And uh, so, between all three of them. So, so, so,
0: did the university come first, or was it the books and then the university, or were they in tandem?
1: See. <laughs> they were tandem. <laughs> I had to go through A and B first, right? Don't, don't interesting when someone goes A, B, and three, and you go, wait, you got to do A, B, C, you can't do three, <laughs> or, or, or one B, you know, you got to do one, two, three. Anyway, so, they, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they, they actually happen simultaneously, and uh, it, it sort of evolved, if you will. And uh, can I share just a, a minute of what we teach at Givers University? Of course, yeah, um,
0: sound, yeah Very
1: interesting. Um, I, I would ask your listeners the following thing. Because we teach something that genuinely is not being taught anywhere else. I do one to three interviews a day, podcast interviews, and I can share with you that. Everyone I say this with says, and that is really good stuff, and I don't know anyone that's teaching that. I start out by asking your listeners three questions. Think about the fires that you stomp out each day. Think about the times when your stress level spikes and goes straight up. Think about when you've had conversations, and at the end of the conversation, you don't even remember what the conversation is about, but you are positive, you have no more energy left, they just drained it all from you. All three of those scenarios, Roy, have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. And so what we teach people is how to discern in their relationships. And I share first with your listeners, first and foremost, we love everybody i say that emphatically we love everybody and we teach at givers university how to separate the person who we love from their deeds which we may not love and these deeds that we teach people to recognize they're not broad innocuous references where you say oh that sounds really good but what do i do with that now how do i apply that we've actually sifted and filtered it down to the actual deeds, the things they do, and that you should be watching them do. And from these deeds, watch them, observe them doing these things. And from that, begin to discern, should I bring them in closer into my life? Because givers bring with them the three W's of givers, wisdom, wealth, and wellness. And I want them to be in my giver community close to me. Or because I see him doing these other deeds here, maybe I should discern and begin to respectfully, not nasty or rude or insensitive, respectfully begin to distance myself from them because takers bring with them the three Ds of a taker, which is defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And if I bring those people into my life, they are going to make me an unwilling and unwitting participant in their collateral damage. And I'll be stomping out fires, not of my making. And then what happens to my productivity? It goes down because I'm stomping out fires instead of producing results. What happens to my stress? Goes straight up instead of down. What happens to my energy? Gone instead of having it charged. So we teach people how to discern. And when we say giver, we're not labeling a person. We're labeling giver deeds, the deeds of a person. When we say taker, we're not labeling the person, we're labeling the deeds. So we teach people how to discern so that they can begin to decide who should I pull closer into my life and who should I be respectfully distancing so that I optimize every minute of my precious moment here on earth. So we teach people how to discern. We have a saying, givers earn three times more because givers discern three times more. And we teach people discernment. I'm a self-improvement guy. Roy, I could tell you are, and I could see the books across the right behind you, right? And I'm sure many of your listeners are as well, right? I'm a self-improvement geek. But you know what's not being taught, Roy? What about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What should I do about that? No one's teaching us how to discern in our relationships within this world that has businesses opening and closing faster than ever before, products being antiquated overnight by brand new products, What do we have left our relationships and no one's teaching us what to be watchful for and what to watch for down to specific actual deeds that are recognizable and laid out and even in a checklist form, which is one of the things we want to share with your listeners a couple of free absolutely free checklists. they can use we want them to download it we want them to use it and begin discerning and watch how their life improves because they're making wise choices in who they bring in their lives before they get too close rather than saying all right how do i bail out of this now that you're in my life how do i you know separate myself because i can see this is a problem child right so first of all one of the best things and i'm sure roy some of your listeners have someone in their life maybe a family member who maybe is being a little takerish. And they're thinking, man, you know what? I really need to have a conversation with them about this kind of stuff. But they don't know how to broach it. They don't want to broach it. They don't want to hurt their feelings, right? What do they do? One of the very best things they could do is share a great, great podcast called Speaking Podcast with them. Here's why. It's a third party. They could say, you know what? I heard this great great podcast. It's called Speaking Podcast, but it wasn't only about speaking. There's a lot more to it. It was really thought-provoking. Listen to it and give me your thoughts on it. Guess what? You never know. It may open up their mind and they may be putting, the person who shared it may be putting out one less fire in their life because they shared your podcast, Roy, with them. So I recommend this is a great way to be able to be a giver and to share with other people. And uh, for your listeners, all they need to do is go to our website. It's giversuniversity.com. It's plural, giversuniversity.com. On every page, they just, can sign up for our e-newsletter. It's weekly. It's absolutely free. There's no cost whatsoever. And as soon as they'll get an email back saying, confirm your email, because we don't spam. And as soon as they confirm it, they're going to get a download that is called the six arrows that takers shoot at givers. It's a great one pager of the six arrows that takers shoot at givers that they don't even realize they're getting shot every day. And they don't realize how why they're walking around bleeding. And here's why. A couple of days later, they're going to get the 25 dues. actually Roy a two-page checklist of the 25 things that givers do that you can watch for it's in a checklist form in two pages and for takers to help people discern we want them to download it we want them to use it it's a great usable tool that does not cost them anything whatsoever and then from that it starts a relationship from givers university And if they want to enjoy some of our courses we've got great courses that are available for them but in the meantime we're committed to investing in them and nurturing and helping them with their lives. Excellent.
0: And is this online courses or is there a physical university as well, that you actually people. Uh, they're, they're
1: online courses at this point in the future, they're going to be on site. Uh, they were going to be on site, uh, actually, and then COVID hit. Right. So everything went backwards and went, you know, and then everything was zoom over so overnight. Right. Everything was a zoom call. So, uh, so we went remote first. so all the courses are on are online. Um, and, uh, they can, take, you know, do either one of the courses or all three of them, whatever they want, they can do the whole series, uh, which, you know, the give to be great series if they want, um, and, and over the course of emails that we nurture, you know, send out an email once a week to sort of give them something of value, a new usable tool that week, share them something and then sort of share a little bit more about Givers University. And then over time, they can decide for something that they'd like to participate in, because we'd love to have them enjoy the benefits that we have. So, yes, they're definitely online audio online. Uh, audio courses and also some uh, books, ebooks that they download and read as well.
0: Excellent. And with, with the giver's gain by giving some free tools, I think, you know, you're practicing what you're preaching, which is exactly
1: important. right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. As we like to say, and I know you'll appreciate this, our talk talks and our walk talks, but our walk talks louder than our talk talks. <laughs> which basically means our deeds talk a whole lot louder than our words do.
0: Love it, love it. Listen, yeah, totally enjoyed our conversation.
1: And Thank you, I'll my share,
0: I'll share all the links on the podcast description, both on the audio and the video.
1: Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me on your great podcast. For your listeners, please share Speaker's Podcast with all of your friends and provoke some thought about being a giver and being a whole lot less takerish. Thanks, Roy.
0: Thank you. That's all for the Speaking Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com or on BitChute or on YouTube. Be sure to give us a thumbs up. Share with your friends. Give us a five star rating. Until next week. Take care. This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code speaking.